Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Healthy Men, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva, on January 12th, 2020. God's going to do some new things. Uh, would you say amen to that? that? God will do some new things in our lives. Uh, the key there, though, is that we have to be open and uh, we have to be willing to do that and be a part of everything that, that, that uh, God is doing. So as we start this new year, we're going to be talking about how we become a healthy church. Last week, we, we talked a little bit about a healthy me. And, and so this week, we're going to kind of change the focus a little bit. We're still going to be in Ephesians. So if you would grab your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 5. We're actually going to stay in this chapter for a couple of weekends. Um, so we're going to get to experience some things that God says uh, in this chapter together as a church. And, and the heart of it is to become a healthy church. And we know that as a healthy church that we have to take some responsibility in being that. We have to do some things as an individual, as a person that God has created uh, to be able to become a healthy person, a healthy me. And uh, this week we're going to talk about what it means to be a healthy man. Uh-oh, trouble. Ooh, ah, healthy man. So ladies, I want to encourage you this morning uh, don't disconnect because this message is actually uh, a lot for you. There's some things here in God's word that, that are, are, I think will be helpful for us uh, as a church as a whole, even though God is, is pointing directly at, at uh, the male role, the man's role in regards to how we are to, to live life. But there's some dynamics here that I, I hope will be encouraging for you as ladies that uh, will help us kind of gain a greater understanding of God's word. Well, Ephesians chapter 5, if you guys would look at verses 15 through 17. These are key verses in our passage. If you look, they'll be up here on the screen here for us here in just a moment. But in Ephesians uh, verses 15 through 17, um, they were there. There we go. There you go. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because day, the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So I think this passage right now is a very important passage for us, not only as the church, but as we think about our culture today and the time that we're living in. See, the times that we live in today, um, I think most would say, are, are pretty evil. There's a lot of things going on in our world around us, a lot of things happening. Our world has kind of fallen in a way and, and lost sight of, of a, a good Christian values, morality, and all those things. We see that the divorce is, is more prevalent and more rampant, even in the church today, than, than it ever has been before. Uh, we see that, that the dynamic of what the church and the body of Christ says is a moral standard to live by is kind of slipped and falling. And, and we've allowed things to kind of come and be a part of our culture that really the Bible doesn't teach us should be a part of. And what Paul is doing here in these passages, he's, he's helping us and trying to guide us in a way that would create a healthy body of believers, a healthy church body in, in the community and how we would walk and live and do the things that God has asked us to do together as a church as one, united in faith. See, with all these things going on in our culture, the question that, that we have to ask ourselves here is, well, how do we walk in wisdom? 
How do we make the best of things even though the things don't seem the best right now? The times are, are a little harder. Times are a little tougher. We're up against a lot more than we have ever been before. I don't know about you. If you read a lot of articles or read the news or pay attention to some of the things that are going on in our world today, I know that if you pay too much attention to it, it could be a little discouraging, can it? Don't you agree with that? It could be a little discouraging. Some of the things that we see even on TV commercials and as we watch some of our favorite TV shows, um, it can be a little disheartening, a little discouraging, especially for those that, that have little kids and, and uh, they're seeing these things. And as a parent, we have to kind of explain and help them to understand why these things are transpiring, what it means, and some of the conversations that we have. Um, this last weekend, we, we had the privilege of being able to watch our, our great niece and nephew and hang out with them for all week. I'll tell you, parents that have little ones, God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. I, I kind of forgotten how hard it is to have a, a one-year-old that, that kicks you and whines all night long and for no apparent reason, you know? I don't know. Yeah, just because just they can, right? You know, my wife asked the question the other day. It's like, why does he do that? Because he can, <laughs> you know? I mean, he's got the right. He's a kid, you know? Nobody's going to tell him otherwise. I'm not going to. But it, it's tough to raise our kids in this culture and in, in this environment that we're living in. And it seems like, you know, as, as an old person, I, I remember my mom saying these same things but um, when I was younger, but it seems like it's just getting a little bit harder and harder as uh, the generations come and go and as culture and time passes. But uh, I think Paul has some, some great encouragement for us in, in his passages this morning. I think one of the, the big dynamics uh, that we can think about and, and gain a greater understanding, and it both for, for men and women, is that the, the male presence in the home is, is critical. And I don't mean just that there has to be a man there living, but the male presence, the biblical model of being a man in the home, is very, very, very crucial to the dynamic of having a healthy family, of having a, a spiritually healthy home and having a spiritually healthy church and community and a world around us. And I think sometimes, um, especially in today's culture, we, we can lose sight of that because I think a lot of people are pushing the, the dynamic of the role of a man in the home. They're pushing it away from being a biblical understanding of what that looks like. They're trying to move it toward more towards a, a worldview, a, a world understanding of what that is. And I think in today's passages, Paul gives us a great example, a great model of what that should look like for us as men as we look at this. And so ladies, I want to ask you, uh, I want to ask you this before we read our main passage. Um, what, what kind of influence do you think you are in regards to helping men in general, not just spouses, but helping men in general be biblical men of faith? What kind of influence do you think you have in regards to that? What role do you play in regards to helping other men be spiritually healthy? Well, I, I don't know what your response will be. I don't know if you need time to think about that, but I'm gonna have you come up in a minute. And ch- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just woke you up, didn't it? <laughs> I want you to think about that over the next week or two. Just because I want you guys to know and, and understand your role in our lives is critical. It's important. 
The way you live, the way you walk, the way you love Jesus, the things that you do to support and encourage us and remind us and correct us, they are all critical elements of a dynamic that God created in creation when he created man and woman. Because you've got to remember in the very beginning, the Bible tells us that God created both male and female, and he created them in what? His image. So we are a reflection of who God is, both male and female. And in that, God has created us to have a responsibility and a role in each other's lives. And that role, I hope you guys see, ladies and men, that role is very critical to how we become healthy as a church, how we become healthy men, how we become healthy women. You know, I always tell people that behind every good man is a great woman. And I believe that tremendously with all of my heart. For me to be a good man, um, I have to have a great lady that supports me and encourages me. And I, and I say that because I grew up with two ladies, two women in my world early on that spiritually pointed me to Jesus on a daily basis. They encouraged me, they reminded me, and they helped me to see what it means to be a man of faith. And then as I got older and I got blessed and I married a, another young lady that, that uh, did the same for me. And I had three spiritual mentors, both, both, all of whom pointed me to Jesus and they helped me to become a better man. They encouraged me, they supported me, and they always corrected me in the moments that I needed to be corrected. And I see, I think sometimes in our culture today, in, the, in our world today, we lose sight of the healthiness of that dynamic of both male and female and being those image bearers. And so ladies, I want you to listen to this message, listen to the words that Paul is saying here and think about your role in helping other men become who Jesus is saying we should become. Because it's critical and it's important, and you have a role to play. Well, let's pray, and then let's read our passage together. Father God, we thank you so much this morning for all your love and for all your grace. Thank you that you give us these moments to gather together, to open up your word, to sing song and praise, to worship you, to listen for your voice, Father. So this morning, Lord, as we gather together as the body we pray that you would speak to us, Father, that you would open our eyes to the things that you have for us, both male and female, Father, that, that your word would come alive for us so that we would have a greater understanding of how we are to become a healthy church, how we to live in biblical wisdom to gain a greater understanding of who you are and what you have for us, Lord. So, Father, we come before you and we surrender. We give ourselves to you open and obedient, to listen, to hear, and to be doers of the things that you've asked of us. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're in Ephesians chapter 5, like I said, and I want to focus in this morning on verses 25 through 33, and let's read those together. Paul says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. 
For no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man should leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. I think there's some important nuggets here for us to learn more about as we look at this passage. And it's for the men and for the women in our church. See, because a healthy man learns how to love. Verses 25 and 26, he gets right to the point. He says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. I want to ask you ladies this morning, and you don't have to raise your hand because I don't want to embarrass anyone, but I want to ask you, how many of you would like a spiritually strong man in your life? How how many of you would like the men around you to be spiritually strong, to be the spiritual leaders in your home? I think... For the most part, the dynamic of how God has created us and shaped us, I think that desire is, is naturally there. The, the presence of a man in the home and leading spiritually is so important. But I'll tell you, some, sometimes and somehow in some ways and at some moments, us as men, we, we've kind of lost sight of how we do that, how we lead our families spiritually. You know, see, we think that we, we lead with the iron hand. We lead because we're men. We lead because we have authority. We lead because I've got it figured out, or at least I should. But see, Paul is saying something completely different. He's saying, husbands, wait a second. He says, love your wives, but don't just love them. Love them like Christ loves you. Love them in a way that is sacrificial. Love them in a way that shows them that that you care and you want to nurture them and yet that you want to care for them that you want to watch over them. You want to protect them. You want to do things for them that maybe others can't do. You want to meet some needs that, that they might have that only you can meet. See, and if we're going to do that as men, we have to learn how to love. We have to learn how to love like God loves. See, this passage, again, doesn't tell us just to love. It tells us to love the way that Jesus loves. How many of you in this room, and you don't have to raise your hand again, it's rhetorical, but how many of you enjoy being loved by Jesus? Amen. Yeah. I know I do. See, Jesus loves me in a very specific way. He does things for me that that show me that, that he loves and he cares and he wants the very best for me. And as men, that's how we should love our wives. That's how we should lead our homes. See, we do this because God's love is unconditional. If you look at Romans chapter 5, verses 7 through 8, it says, For no one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, I, I think that that 
passage aligns with what Paul is saying here for the very simple fact is that Jesus tells us that the greatest the way that we can love someone is being willing to sacrifice our lives for them. What does the Bible tell us? There is no greater love than that of a man that would lay down his life for another. See, the Bible teaches us that that we are to love, that we are to have faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these three is what? Is to love. See, and it's an agape kind of love. It's an unconditional kind of love that God offers you and I. And it's the kind of love that we should show to our wives. It's the kind of love that every man should seek and learn and discover to have. See, Christ loves you unconditionally. And in turn, you should love unconditionally. See, God loved you while you were deep in your sin. And he chose to allow his son to die on a cross for that very sin. He gave so that you can have. And that's the kind of love I think God wants us as men to have for those that are around us. See, but that love doesn't come naturally to us all the time. We don't naturally love that way. A lot of us love in reflection to our upbringing or how we are raised. You know, like for me, for example, my dad, he didn't hug me a lot as a kid. You know, he didn't tell me he loved me. And I'll tell you what, that, that, that caused some things in me growing up. That caused some, some responses, some, some emotions that, that caused me to behave in a certain way. Um, as a young adult, as a teenager, and do things that were reflective of that dynamic in my home and how I was raised in my culture and my environment. And I tell you, those kind of things weren't healthy. I wasn't a healthy young man, much less a spiritually healthy young man. But we can look at at the way we were raised, and we can make a choice, and, and, and we can make a decision, because love truly is a choice, Right? Do you believe that this morning, that love is a choice? You know, I haven't met Cupid yet, but I don't know that he's really out there. (laughs) You know, there's no bow and arrow that's going to hit you and tell you, hey, you got to love. It's going to be the Holy Spirit that comes into your life, that lives through you and says, hey, Floyd, you have a decision here to make. You can either love like you learned how to love, or you can learn how to love the way God loves See, this morning, I I hope that everyone in this room would make the choice to love like God loves. And it's unconditional. And not only is it unconditional, but God's love is comforting. Do you catch that word, comforting? I'm going to make you raise your hand a lot. How many of you like to be comforted? That's okay. It's not not an unmanly thing to say you want to be comforted. Because all of you guys are mama's boys. I know that. I know that, coming from a mama's boy. You're lying, you're in denial if you say you're not, because you are. (laughs) Ask your mama and she'll tell you otherwise. (laughs) See, God's love is comforting. Listen to what it says in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. I love this passage. It says, the Lord your God is in your midst. He is with you, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. And listen to this part. He will quiet you. By his love. He will comfort you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. When you experience God's love, 
one of the words that jumps out to me is comforting. God, God's love comforts me. I can rest in the arms of God. He brings us peace. He, he brings us comfort. It's something that, that words can't really even describe. But when you're in the presence of God and when you're in the, in the, in the arms of a loving father, there is this comfort that God provides for each and every one of us. And our love should be reflective of that. See, learning how to love is learning how to love like Jesus Christ loved. See, it's this goodness, it's this kindness, it's this mercy, it's this comfort. And we should seek to learn how to love like Christ loved us. See, a healthy man, he also learns how to care for the body. And see, this is, this is an important part of this passage as Paul gets to the point here. He says in verses 28 through 30, he says, In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of the body. All right, man. I want you to think about something here. Go back to the day. For some of you, it's a little further back, so do your best to remember. Go back to the day when you decided and you came to the point and you realized when you had hair, that it was important to comb it. <laughs> do you remember that day? Because I do. I miss it, actually. For me, it happened right around middle school, okay? Girls came alive in middle school. Just being honest, I came alive in middle school. Elementary school, girl was just another person you bumped on the playground, you know? Knocked them over, get them out of your way. But in middle school, I, I began to realize that I needed to care for my body. I started combing my hair. I combed it a lot. It's probably why I don't have it now, but I combed it a lot. I paid a lot of attention to my hair. I started to care for my body. I started to think about what I needed personally. And, and as Paul shares this passage, we have to see that, it, that it's critical that we care for ourselves spiritually as a man. That we do the things necessary to care for our own bodies. That we do the things that, that are necessary, that we allow the right things to kind of come into our eyes, come into our ears and into our bodies that we are taking in that are healthy for us and do not create any unhealthiness. Again, going back to the dynamic of being wise as we live in an evil time, men, we have to protect ourselves from what we allow to enter in to our eyes and to our mind and into our spirits. Would you agree with that in today's times? Even to the level where, where the Bible teaches us that, that if something causes us to sin, it is better for us to chop it off, to, to remove that thing, even if it's an arm or a leg, than to let it allow us to sin or to stay in our sin. See, we have to care for our bodies. And the Bible is very specific in why we should do this. If you look at 1 Corinthians Chapter 6, verse 19. It says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? And then he says this. He says, You are not your own. Did you catch that? You are a temple of the living God, and now you no longer belong to yourself. You belong to somebody else. And because of that, 
You need to care for your body. Because of that, you need to, to love your own body. And when we do that, when we care for ourselves spiritually, we're better prepared to p- care for others, aren't we? How many of you get to fly around a lot on an airplane? I get to about once a year now. And, and at the beginning of the air flight, everybody doesn't pay attention. But for those of you that pay attention, that are kind of type A personalities, that want to obey all the rules and follow all the things, there's a lady at the beginning of the flight that's going to stand in front of you and she's going to give you some safety tips, right? Right? You heard that term, safety tips? I know we usually ignore that. But at the beginning of the flight, one of the things, if you pay attention next time you're on an airplane, one of the things that she'll do for you is she'll tell you to take care of yourself before you take care of the person next to you. Because she says, if you can't take care of yourself, then you'll never, ever be able to take care of the person next to you. And she breaks out this little funny gadget that she says is going to pop from the ceiling in an emergency. And she says, I want you to pay very close attention because when that thing comes down, before you worry about anybody else around you, I want you to put that on first. I want you to be the first one. I want you to take care of yourself. Because if you take care of yourself, you're going to be able to take care of the person next to you because now you're going to have oxygen. Now you're going to be able to breathe. Now you're going to have life. See, that's what Paul is telling us here is that we need to take care of our own bodies. We need to take care of our own spiritual health so that we're better prepared to take care of the spiritual health of our wives, our kids, the people around us. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the living God. And it is no longer your own. It belongs to Jesus. See, this is why every man, every man in here should seek to gain biblical wisdom. See, I I say that because I think most men want to be smart. (laughs) Would you agree with that? We want to be smart. I know I try to be smart. Doesn't always work, but hey, you know, I, I... Put an effort. It's like my jokes. I bat, I bat about 500 with my jokes. Some might say about 100, but I say 500 because I laugh. As long as I'm laughing, that's okay. And the same go with, with, with my wisdom. I, I want to learn. I want to discover. Really, that, that's one of my favorite parts of, of being a pastor, of being given the opportunity that God has blessed me with, is that, that I get to learn things. You know, you don't come into a role or you don't come to Christ having it all figured out, figured out, do you? He says, come as you are. He says, but then let me show you some things. Let me teach you some things. Let me give you a greater understanding to this great mystery that is my salvation. This thing that I'm offering you, this love, this hope, this faith that I'm giving you. And Paul says it here in verse 32. He says, this mystery It's profound. It's deep. It's intense. See, when he's saying it's profound, he's referencing that it's a deeper type of understanding. It's more of an intense understanding. It's it's more than just simply saying, I know what I know. He's saying, I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. See, growing in knowledge of God's word is something that we as men should always seek after. See, it's a biblical understanding of how we should live, the things that we should do, and the things that we should share with others. And we do it with a biblical worldview, not just a worldview. See, we don't just read God's word. We allow God's word to change us and transform us. 
See, that's everything that Paul is saying here for us as men. He's saying, learn to love, learn to care for the body, and learn more about God's wisdom. Gain a greater understanding of who God is and who God wants you to be. See, when we walk with Christ, we truly will walk in wisdom. When we learn to love like Christ, we learn how to care for the body and we gain a greater understanding of God's perfect will for our lives as men. You know, something that I learned from another pastor, and a few of you guys heard this and I, I thought it was very profound. He, he said something, I'm gonna paraphrase it loosely how he says it, but he basically says, if you want to measure your own spiritual health, he says, begin by looking at your wife's spiritual health. See, we, we can't take someone somewhere we haven't gone ourselves. But yet sometimes as men, we want to lead our wives down a path that we're not going ourselves. We expect them to do the things that we don't expect of ourselves to do. But Paul's telling us something different. He's telling us to love like Christ loved the church. He's telling to love like we love ourselves, to care for our body so that we can care for the body of Christ. And he's saying that this mystery is, is so deep, so, so profound, that we should gain a greater understanding of what it is and what it means and how we should live. And I'll tell you this morning, ladies, It'd be very easy to read this passage and say, yeah, you know what? He's got the responsibility. I wish he would do this and I wish he would do that and he wish he would do the other. Yeah, okay. That's okay. But the reality is that, is that we need your encouragement. We need your help. It's, it's a partnership. It's, it's a dynamic where, where God is get, brought together again. He says it here in our passage. He, God brought together man and woman. We leave our father and our mother and we become one. We become united in how we live. We become a healthy body. But each one has a role and a responsibility. The, the best way that it was ever explained to me is my wife and I went to a marriage uh, enrichment conference a few years back. Yeah, just in case you're wondering, yeah, my wife and I need help in our marriage. <laughs> she, she loves me well, but I don't do as well all the time. I'm not as, as good as she is. But we went to this conference and, and the, the speakers are there where they explained it so well. It's just like the light bulb went on for me and it was like, wow, that's just perfect. This is a perfect picture. And he simply, this, this guy and this lady, they held up a dollar bill and, and they had four quarters in their hand. And they want us, wanted us to explain what the difference was between a dollar bill and four quarters. What's the difference? Well, the only difference is their purpose. Because both of them are a dollar. Both of them have the same value, right? Four quarters equals a dollar. Same value. You can't get any more with a dollar bill than you can with four quarters. You can't do any more with a dollar than you can with four quarters. But you can do a lot of things differently with a dollar bill than you can with four quarters. See, the dynamic and understanding of our role together as husbands and wife, as men and women, is that we have a role to play. And it's not one with one, it's one together. And each and every one of us have an important role to play. Each and every one of us 
have to take responsibility for that role. See, if we're, we're four quarters, then we need to do what we need to do, what we've been entrusted to do. If we're the dollar bill, then, then we need to, to be the dollar bill and allow God to use us in the way that, that we were shaped and intended to be used. I want to close with this verse in Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2. This goes back to what I said earlier as far as how God created us. He says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And I close with that because if we're not surrendering to God, if we're not submitting to God, we will never submit to one another. We will never submit to our spouse. We will never submit to those in authority. We will never surrender to those around us in regards to how we serve them. And that's key in what our role is in their lives. Male and female, each and every one of us have a responsibility. And I think, I think, I'm going to make a bold statement right now. I think it's time that we start taking responsibility as a church. Do you believe that? Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your love and grace. We, we thank you for the hope that you've offered us through your son, Jesus Christ. Father, this hope that you've given us through Jesus, it comes through an understanding that we are loved by you, so much so that you'd be willing to give your son to die for us. You'd be willing to, to give up so much so that we could have. And the understanding of that should move us to a place where we, we begin to believe and to begin to trust in you. To look to you, Father. To surrender to you. So, Father, this morning, I pray that, that if there's anyone in here that just needs to take that very first step of surrendering to you, to giving over themselves, because this life isn't ours. It is yours, Father. We have to be willing to surrender it to you. We understand that. We know that now. And Father, because we know that, Father, we come before you and we surrender. We come before you and we ask that you would take control of our lives. Father, that you would, would dwell in us, that you would live in us, that we would be the temple where you dwell in. Father, and as we look upon those that are around us, that we would see those that walk with us, that talk with us, that, that do life with us, whether they be our spouse or someone else, Father, that they would, we would see them as your child, someone that you so much love, Father, and that we would love them like you love us. Father, help us to do the things that you ask of us. Help us to, to take responsibility for the things that you've asked of us. Father, we, we want to be a healthy church. We want to be healthy men, healthy women, healthy students, healthy families, Father. But we know that, that we can only do that with your guidance. We can only do that by the power of your spirit, Father. And so this morning as we sing 
these last couple of songs as we surrender to you, Father, as we give over ourselves to you. Father, I pray that you would fill us, that you would indwell in us, that you would empower us. And Father, that we would leave here bold, that we would leave here courageous. Father, knowing that you are our God, that you love us so deeply, so unconditionally, and so much that you would give us salvation. Thank you, Father. We love you, we praise you, and we come before you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.